Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on 88.3 WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on The Heart of the East End. Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, on October 27, 2022, I'm Jenna Volpe on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Early last evening's extremely heavy trade parade traffic home was the result of a head-on collision on County Road 39 in the Shinnecock Hills section, which closed the westbound and center lanes of Route 27 yesterday at approximately 3 p.m., Police reported that as of 5.13 p.m., County Road 39 reopened, but westbound traffic stood still for more than an hour thereafter on both 27 and 27A. According to Southampton Town Police, a 2019 Mazda CX-5 collided with a 2007 Lexus R35, Southampton Village Volunteer Ambulance and Southampton Volunteer Ambulance responded. A man in the Mazda and a woman in the Lexus both suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Town Animal Control was called to care for a dog that was in one of the vehicles. Meanwhile, Kitty Merrill reports on 27East.com that the long aborning blinking light pilot traffic easement program, stay that five times fast, began on Monday, October 24th, and by Tuesday had just a couple hiccups, according to Southampton Town Superintendent, Highway Superintendent Charles McArdle. By yesterday morning, the third day, he reported traffic was heavier, but said he still felt it was working well, an accident on eastbound Sunrise Highway west of Hampton Bay's early Tuesday morning backed up traffic for miles, he said. Quote, I was jumping up and down, seeing how great it was going, and I took a ride to see how Hampton Bay's was, and it was backed up to, like, Eastport, so we can't judge it by today. Once cars stuck behind the accident were released, he said the plan worked perfectly. During the week-long pilot program set to run through tomorrow, lights on main arteries are set to flash yellow to allow for the continuous Movement of commuters from 5.30 to 9.30 a.m. Traffic signals at six intersections flash yellow to allow for continued traffic flow on Montauk Highway and County Road 39 in Southampton, Hampton Bays, and Watermill. Meanwhile, in Sag Harbor, a proposal by Sag Harbor Schools to purchase wooded lots near Pearson Middle and High School has divided the community as parents, the school, and its neighbors disagree over a district plan to use the land as an athletic field with a vote looming next Thursday. Dan Dan Zhao reports on Newsday.com that in, on uh, Thursday, November 3rd, voters will be asked to authorize the Sag Harbor School District to access its facilities Improvement Capital Reserve Fund to buy five vacant lots totaling four acres on Marsden Street. The proposed purchase is priced at um, about uh, just over $9.3 million with Southampton Towns Community Preservation Fund contributing $6 million of the sum and the school district paying the rest. The vote was announced in a September 6th school board meeting and has become increasingly controversial in recent weeks. School officials called it a once-in-a-lifetime offer that would benefit students for generations to come. Critics raised concerns over the plan's impact on neighbors. They also questioned whether the town should spend money intended for land preservation and improvement on helping a school district turn 
would it land into an athletic facility. Sag Harbor school officials said the field would be open to community use and allow its students to play sports across the street from Pearson instead of walking 15 minutes to Mash Park. The land is bounded by residential streets and neighbors said they're concerned over traffic noise and environmental impacts. If voters approve the proposal next Thursday, the district has one more hurdle to clear before it can advance to designing the field and holding a bond referendum vote. That's the town board's approval of spending $6 million toward the purchase, an action the board has not taken, according to Tommy John Schiavone, a Southampton town councilman. Quote, providing this kind of support for a school, as laudable as it is, may or may not be consistent with the purpose of community preservation funding, Schiavone said. In East Hampton Town, police charged a 13-year-old boy yesterday for allegedly making a threatening social media post. He faces one felony count of making a terroristic threat and one misdemeanor charge of making a threat of mass harm, police said. John Asbury reports on Newsday.com that the threat was made against a school in the Springs Union uh, Free School District, officials said. Quote, the student was immediately identified with the help of students who stepped up. According to Superintendent Deborah Winters, who added the district will follow its code of conduct just the day before the local police department held assemblies for students on rules and procedures. The boy doctored a photo of another student but said the person pictured was not involved in the threat, according to police. Authorities there uh, have said that there was no credible threat of harm to any students or teachers at the spring school. Anyone with information about the incident is asked to call the East Hampton Town Police Department at 631-537-7575. All calls will be kept confidential. And finally, on the county level, Suffolk Information Technology Commissioner Scott Mastelon, uh, whose department is coping with the worst cyber attack in county history, angered legislators on Wednesday by providing answers they deemed insufficient about the cost of preventing future breaches. Bureau Chinise reports on Newsday.com that the testy exchange between Mastelon and some Suffolk legislators occurred during what in most years likely would have been a routine committee hearing about the department's 2023 budget needs. Mastelon told legislators the department in 2023 plans to hire 19 new staffers, including a chief security officer, contract with outside personnel to provide additional cybersecurity and invest in hardware and software as Suffolk works to harden its cybersecurity infrastructure following the September 8 attack. When pressed for specifics on next year's spending plan, the commissioner could not say how much the county would pay for the security measures. County officials said the forensic examination of the cyber hack continues and the cost of the breach is still being tallied. Suffolk County took down its websites and web-based applications following the discovery of a cyber attack on county systems. A group has taken credit for the attack in a posting on the dark web and has said it is seeking a small reward for revealing vulnerabilities in the county systems. Officials have said little about how the attack occurred or how wide-ranging the breach was, citing an ongoing law enforcement investigation. I'll be reading the weather in Sayville in honor of our first guest this morning, Antoinette True Leo Martin joining us for the Thoughtful Thursday segment, underwritten by Green Hill Kitchen, to talk about her 2007 memoir, Hug Everyone You Know. Uh, but first, a little pre-election love note that if you missed the governor's debate, uh, you can find a replay on ny1.com. I did so last night. And if you've not educated yourself about this year's ballot measures, then do consider voting vote 411 
org. I believe that's thanks to women's voters of the Hamptons, Norfolk, and Shelter Island. Uh, it is going to be uh, early voting beginning this weekend. Do yourself a favor, if you have a moment this weekend, to vote early so you don't put all your eggs in a November 8 basket. You can visit any one of nearly 30 voting sites to do so, not just your own. And you can find out more at election.ny.gov. Please do exercise your right to vote. Looking like a sunny Thursday with a high near 63 degrees north wind, 8 to 15 miles per hour with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Tonight clear with a low around 44 degrees. North wind around 11 miles per hour. Gusts as high as 23. Right now it's 56 degrees. And uh, as is often the case here, uh, we have a kind of magical coincidence uh, because we have uh, folks from the North Fork Community Theater joining us at the bottom of the next hour to talk about uh, their production of Crybaby. I did a lot of King tracks ahead of playing King Crybaby, and it is the very sad fact that uh, a king of public radio, Dr. Wally Smith, passed uh, at 545 this morning. He was very lovingly attended to by the folks at the Cannes Center, and we cannot thank uh, East End Hospice and the and the folks at Cannes for taking such great care of and a very great man. Um, he was very, very loved, and thanks to them, also comfortable and safe and cared for. Uh, we could not thank them more. Rest in love, Wally Smith. Um, we've got Oren Etkin, Guster, Panic at the Disco, and First Aid Kit, as well as Ro- Roger Miller. But first, The Ocean Blue. This is Kings and Queens from uh, their 2019 record right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station.
Orrin Etkin, incredibly talented clarinetist we were uh, honored to have on the program.
I'm Jenna Volpe. This is Guster. Antoinette Trulio Martin joining us after this. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to WLIWFM and PR Radio. If you're looking for Antoinette Truglio Martin, hang tight. Uh, as happens occasionally, uh, she thought when I said 9:25, I meant 9:45. Uh, with you know, which I understand because most people, if they're you know reading quickly, who would request that I call in at 9:25? This guy right here. All right, but so stay tight. 
We've got Panic at the Disco. This one's a little rockin' for a 9 a.m. call, but I love this song, and I'm going to play it anyway. King of the World, First Aid Kit on deck. Then a little Roger Miller, King of the Road, The Revivalist, King of What. After that, I'm Jenna Volpe. This is Panic at the Disco, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to uh, Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 on uh, from central and or western Suffolk County, corresponding sections of Connecticut. Of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio, which is where you can also find the videos for the Studio 51 sessions that we do, all the live music performances from WLIWFM Studio 51. The ones from yesterday from Public Radio Music Day are likely not up quite yet, but I believe there's four or five unbelievable interviews for you to look at so far. Check them out. Be a Pokemaster. Collect them all. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Panic at the Disco, and you... Whoever you are out there, you're listening to the weekday morning and midnight show, The Heart of the East End. We give you a little bit of everything, music from all decades and genres, and interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM. Heaven knows that I'm born too late for these ghosts that I chase with these dreams. I inflate painted skies in my brain every day. I'm called Sagan in space to escape this old world, this old world. Some days I lie wide awake till the sun hits my face and I fade elevate from the earth. Far away to a place where I'm free from the weight, this old world, this old world. Trust anything or anyone below the sun. I don't feel anything at all. I'm king of the
that one always hits different when you've recently been uh, like double crossed or betrayed in some way. I think that I had at the time when I first heard that song, and it definitely got me hyped. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is First Aid Kit, King of the World from the Lion's Roar record of 2012. It's the bonus track version. And then we've got one of my all-time favorites, uh, King of the Road, Roger Miller on deck after that. The Revivalist King of What from the quite wonderful record of 2015, Men Amongst Mountains. Then Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers, King's Highway. Here on the King Edition of The Heart, here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
trailer for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes Ah, but two hours of pushing broom Buys a eight by twelve four-bit room I'm a man of means by no means King of the road Third boxcar, midnight train Destination banger, main suit and shoes I don't pay no union dues I smoke old stogies I have found short but not too big around I'm a man of means by no means king of the road I know every engineer on every train all of the children and all of the names And every handout in every town And every lock that ain't locked When no one's around I sing trailers for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes uh, But two hours of pushing broom Eight by twelve four-bit room I'm a man of means by no means King of the road Trailers for sale rent Rooms to let fifty cents No phone, no pool, no pets I ain't got no cigarettes But Two hours of pushing boom buys a Nice. Half century jump forward from Roger Miller to the Revivalists. From 65 to 2015, you're listening to WLIWFM. King, king of they say every man's a king. King of what? I got my bullets bag and stones don't wake me up, I'm in the zone. And I believe the trees, not those innuendo seeds. Everything is light, see no voodoo in the night. You know, evil, finna evil, what's the reason for the fight? Every man's a king, king of what? They say every man's a king, a king of what? I can hear you on the other line, tell stories from another time. Lawsuit love is all we know, like fling dogs in heavy snow. Waiting, wonder, watching all who we were is all we are. It's getting dangerous. Dangerous. It's getting dangerous. You say every man's a king, king of what? You 
Revivalist Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, the band on deck. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
Band on WLIWFM, a little last waltz action on Long Island's only local NPR radio station ahead of our thoughtful Thursday segment. Now, I've got our guest in the studio. How lucky am I? I have all my guests in the studio this morning. And how silly am I that I were I was doing I had to read the book, I watched, I caught up on the governor's debate. I'm wearing yesterday's dress, Antoinette. Oh, well, I didn't notice. I, I can <laughs> I know, but the the people that saw anything. the pictures, oh, I, they'll they'll see it in the pictures. Uh, Everyone's gonna know. So we'll know. think it's Wednesday. They're gonna know. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> will know. Yes, it's still it's still it is still Wednesday. <laughs> I feel like it 
Because I, I spent, now it was a, a an excellent read, Hug every, Everyone You Know. I have in the studio in WLIWFM Studio 51 with us. Is it Antoinette Truglio or Trulio? Trulio. Trulio. I had a Silent feeling. Silent G, Paisani. I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling. All right. Antoinette Trulio Martin in the studio with me. Hug Everyone You Know. I feel like your sister from another mister in that uh, you are, and now I feel like weird because now I'm about to say you're you're an excellent writer. Oh, thank you. And someone oh, who that, sort that of put it on the back makes burner, it. right? <laughs> yes, yes. It took me. Um, I had always been writing, even when I was little. Right. But uh, you got the notebooks to prove it. Right. I got <laughs> lots of them, and uh, you know. I, I wrote a children's picture book, in, and it was published in 93, and it was wonderful. But um, raising family, yeah. raising kids, taking care of family, working full-time. As a speech therapist, by the way. Speech therapist, special educator, and um, and now I'm retired. Good so, for you. So uh, after 40 years of— I, Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, <laughs> I'm almost surprised to hear you say that, having to, uh, to come to know you— the reading hug, everyone you know now. Mm-hmm. Now it is we're November's almost here, and October has come and gone, and we've barely even touched on uh, breast cancer awareness mm-hmm. this month. So uh, your your book is a gift. Hug everyone you know. Thank you. Although breast cancer certainly not a gift. Not a gift. The story <laughs> of not only your story uh, of breast cancer, but let me see if I've got it. Colleen, Dr. Pam, mm-hmm. Sherry, Lisa. Am I missing anyone? Uh, th- those were the big f- beach four. Yeah. So you yeah. you experience not only her story, but several women's stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to imagine this is a, a perfect read if you're going through this yourself and right. you're waiting the hours or whatever it is to right. see Right, and the waiting is the hardest part. Yeah. it's It really is because there's a lot of time that goes between diagnosis and treatment options, and then you got to research your treatment options and who you're going to, who you're going to, who's going to do what, right. that sort of thing. Um, you know, so it, there's a lot of time in between. So with this book, it was, um, you know, as, a, as I've always put it, it's, it's my, uh, my journey as a wimpy patient. <laughs> she is so, and that's that's one of the most beautiful parts of it. Because people are going through this. Nobody likes getting needles. Nobody like Antoinette will faint if you try to put, put something in her arm. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. Because this is a hugely scary thing. Mm-hmm. And when I, I like you, if I'm going to get an IV, I'm already there. Right, yeah. So... It shows how someone getting through and that you are not alone, you know? Right, right. And and I, I came to realize I wasn't alone and it wasn't all about me. You know, it was affecting everyone. Right. You know, my parents, my kids, my husband, uh, my work. And yet they all, you know, got gathered around and they supported and they made sure I was able to to do what I had to do. And that's really I, what the story was. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't so much the the chronicles of a wimpy patient as it was a story of an immense support system. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it encourages folks to reach out. Yes, your, your to emails. find to find your everyone. 
you know, uh, and and that's what it was. It was to find your everyone. Um, I wasn't able to, you know, get on the phone or chit chat or talk about things. And I loved things. that, by the way, the way I you just, set boundaries and yeah. said, <clears throat> "I am not, I am not uh, able to do phone calls right mm-hmm. now." She said off the bat, and I was like, "Wow." If I could do something like that, say, no yeah. phone calls, mm-hmm. but I'm here by email. Mm-hmm. And my gosh, what a, what an, also, what an eloquent support system that you yes, have. Yes, they, they were, you know, they, my, my best people yeah. are my, my everyone. everyone. I love that. <laughs> and I still regard, you know, my everyone as my everyone. And even though the worst is over, although, you know, I, I'm dealing with stage four now. Yes. But, um, but thanks to science and um, being where I am and having great health insurance and all that other good stuff, um, you know, I go in once a month and I carry on. And and, and she's doing so beautifully. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so this is what stage four is looking like for me. So right now I'm in good pl- in a good spot. You know, I, I really, this this book, and I, and I wondered about that because you talked about uh, it, metas- you know, stage yeah. four and mm-hmm. metastasizing to your spine at 20, that, that was 2017. Yes. And I'm I'm like, well, do you think about rewriting the book or, or adding, because it feels like, well, if you just added it to the tome, it would mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Now, I just did that little author's note at the end. Yeah. And um, I decided that it. Uh, cancer doesn't deserve a book for itself. Huh. It's not going to be the uh, the elephant in the room. It's just going to be on the back burner. I love that. And leave it alone. Uh, uh, right now, I can go to treatments by myself and do what I got to do by myself. So long as I could do things by myself, I don't need to uh, bring my everyone into it. I thought that it was so great the way that you did that even from the beginning uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is not a person who allowed uh, a diagnosis to affect how she conducted her life. She sold a home. She mm-hmm. she <laughs> had three three girls in college and and going off globe trotting, mm-hmm. uh, doing their things. And uh, I am just so incredibly grateful for you, you. for this book, oh. for all the work that you've done with chil- uh, four children. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, throughout Long Island, and also for your uh, sunfish adventures. The sailing was was probably my favorite. <laughs> I'm going part sailing of the book. today. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> it's for beautiful it. day. Yes, yeah. My my sunfish is my 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 fun little thing. <laughs> as as is uh, many women. I, I did want to mention Women's Outreach Network, uh, but first I did want to apologize for your. Uh, the experience that you had in Riverhead with radiation, oh. <laughs> and I want to say uh, what I loved about it, and and I understand this as someone who's had experiences mm-hmm. like this out in, in the world. She had a, a negative experience, and instead of um, pushing through, she wrote a letter. And good for you, because that using your this is like a mm-hmm. book about using your voice. Right, right, and I. I don't use my voice live. Mm. I've just never been good at that. So I find it easier for me to practice. Me too. With writing. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I can write and I can practice. Because then you can put it all down. I can put it all down. It took me a couple of days to write that letter. And, you know, it's it's the reality of life. You know, everybody has a rotten teacher, a rotten doctor, a rotten real estate agent. You know, there's... 
um, but you you move on. Right. You grow from it, and um, and but it was good because you did you did you took the time to say this was my experience, Mm -hmm. and uh, changes were made as a result of that. And I think that that's important. I I think I think that's uh, the good of it. Yeah. Of it all. So too bad I had to go through it, but you know there you go. Something good came. <laughs> we, we're, we've got four minutes before NPR News will, will cut us off. So I do want to give you a chance to talk, if you'd like, about the uh, women, well, hold on. Women's Outreach Network uh, and your yes. the family connection. That was uh, my mother. My mother founded that organization. It was a mobile uh, mammography uh, unit. It um, was born because of, you know, the, the high rate of breast cancer. And my mother was looking for a good project. And it just turned into this incredible um, organization, and uh, she pretty much targeted women who are uh, who, uh, in need, who didn't have insurance, who right. didn't have resources. So here, you know, they were able to go into the neighborhoods, get translators, get nurses, and uh, do the mammography. It was it was a wonderful, wonderful program. My sister took it over, uh, and then uh, I believe Project Renewal. Uh, now handles it. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's a. Uh, it was a wonderful program. It it uh, reached so many women, and so many families. Amazing and, stuff. And uh, being able to manage that. So Antoinette Trulio Martin, a woman in a line of strong. Oh, women. my mom is incredible. <laughs> and I'll, and we've only got two minutes, so I'll I'll just say, um, folks, if you'd like to read, hug everyone you know, Antoinette. TruliomMartin.com. There's a G in there. It's silent. Yes. Or you could do StoryServe.com. A lot easier to spell. I'm Gianna Volpe. I'm hoping there's nothing weird in this song because sometimes when you go too far back, there's some uh, lyrics. (laughs) I know people talk about uh, music today, but this song's called King Size Papa, and it's from Julia Lee and her boyfriends from uh, 1955. I'm Gianna Volpe. Uh, that was Antoinette Trulio Martin. Uh, then this was the Thoughtful Thursday segment, underwritten by Green Hill Kitchen, right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I got a man that's more than eight foot tall. Four foot shoulders and that ain't all King size papa He's my king size papa I take the door off the hinges When my baby comes to call There's such a lot of him The way he grew Enough to last till 1992 King size papa He's my king size papa He's a real super daddy and he knows just what to do. No one can thrill me like my baby can. He's such an extraordinary man. King size papa. He's my king size papa. Never was nothing like him since the day the world began. With Long Island local news, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. When he was running in the Democratic primary for Manhattan District Attorney in 2021, 
Alvin L. Bragg made a promise for his first day. He would stop prosecuting low-level crimes and incarcerate only people accused of the most serious ones. Lee Zeldin, the Republican candidate for governor in 2022, has made his own day one promise. If elected, he will inform Mr. Bragg that he is being removed from office for refusing to enforce the law. Jonah E. Bromwich in the New York Times reports that Zeldin has made that pledge repeatedly throughout his campaign, turning a New York City prosecutor into the unlikely focal point of a race for the state's highest office, which has tightened in recent weeks. He used a debate Tuesday night against his Democratic opponent, Governor Kathy Hochul, to attack Mr. Bragg for what he said was a failure to do the job of district attorney. But there is little that suggests that Mr. Bragg's approach to serious crime differs significantly from that of other city prosecutors, including his predecessor, Cyrus R. Vance Jr., and the Brooklyn district attorney, Eric Gonzalez. Murders and shootings are down in Manhattan this year, though some other major crimes are up, including robbery, burglary, and grand larceny. Those trends are broadly in line with crime trends citywide. Zeldin would not simply be able to show Mr. Bragg the door. New York's Constitution grants the governor the power to remove certain public officers, but it calls for those facing removal to be given the charges against them and an opportunity to defend themselves. Mr. Bragg's office can be expected to fight any removal effort. The Republican candidates attacked on the district attorney's office has placed Mr. Bragg in an unusual position. Just a year ago, he was elected with 84 percent of the vote against his Republican opponent. Questions about Congressman Zeldin's motivation may also complicate his plans. Mr. Bragg's office is currently trying a criminal case against the family business of Donald J. Trump, an ally of Mr. Zeldin's, and the district attorney's investigation into the former president himself is active and ongoing, D.A. Bragg said last month. Speaking of the election, early voting in the November 8th general election in Suffolk County starts this Saturday and continues daily through Sunday, November 6th, uh, repeating my recommendation to uh, try to get out if you have any time this weekend and not put all your eggs in the November 8th basket. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that early voting will take place at 27 designated locations across the counter across the county and registered uh, registered excuse me registered voters may cast early ballots at any Suffolk location during early voting hours on early voting days, not just your voting site. So you can go to any one of the 27 designated locations. Again, electionsny.gov, elections.ny.gov. For more information, vote411.org. If you don't know anything about uh, the ballot measures that are up uh, and uh, on the ballot this year, uh, again, ny1.com. If you missed the governor's debate and want to check it out, you can watch the replay. Uh, voting place of uh, voting is, of course, also on Election Day, November 8th from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. At that time, voters must report to their regular polling place locations to vote on Election Day. You can find out your regular polling place on, on election ny.com. <laughs> Elections.ny.gov, excuse me. Uh, And just want to let you know all of the places that you can go for early voting in Suffolk County. Amityville, Bellport, Blue Point, Brentwood, Dix Hills, East Hampton, 
Farmingville, Greenlawn, Holtzville, Huntington Station, Islip, Kings Park, Manorville, Mattituck, Mastic, Mount Sinai. This is fun. Esconset, North Babylon, Aquabog, uh, Riverside, uh, Ronkonkoma, Shelter Island, Shoreham, Southampton, West Islip, Wyandanch, and Yaphank. Uh, polls are open on Election Day as well, Tuesday, November 8th, from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Reading the weather in Mattituck in honor of North Fork Community Theaters, uh, Eileen Trilly and uh, Raven Janoski, who are going to be joining us in the WLIWFM uh, Studio 51 this morning. Sunny today with a high near 64 degrees. Northwest wind around 15 miles per hour. Clear tonight with a low around 42 degrees. North wind around 14 miles per hour. Great day for sailing, my friends. Right now it's 61 degrees. Uh, getting back to the King's edition of the heart again, our heart going out to King Wally Smith uh, of Public Radio and um, was the general manager uh, emeritus here at WLIWFM, of course, formerly WPPB, uh, which he brought into this world um, or and turned it from, uh, I guess it was LIU at the time. King and Rags, we've got Pioneer starting us off, Yellow Dub Marine, I took a, a cover of Sun King, a little reggae for you, of the Beatles' Nancy Atlas Project, Lauren Aquilina on deck after that. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI-WFM, the weekday morning at midnight show, the heart of the East End, featuring music from all decades and genres, and folks from all walks of life. All because of you, the listener-supporter of Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Door I collide. 
tell them I made it back. Oh, I made it back. Oh, I sold my heart and learned to let it grow.
It's on a terrible highway. It's the last town past the barricades. It's blacker than a blown grenade. But you always get it.
thoughts. I'm just throwing myself on the air here before I've uh, adequately prepared myself for our interview with North Fork Community Theater director Bob Kaplan. And now I know we're talking about Crybaby, which I love Crybaby, so I'm really excited about it. But I'm just pulling up. Uh, now, is Betsy, who is Betsy to you? She's the producer of the show and happens also to be my wife. Oh, hello, Miss Kaplan out there. Thank you for all of your fantastic coordination of this interview. So we've got, now it's it's um, Eileen Trilly. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay, so we've got Eileen Trilly, who plays the grandmother character, Miss Vernon Williams, who is sort of a... Um, uh, sociologically unfortunate character who gets redemption 
at the end, right? She does. She finds redemption. Yes. She works hard for redemption. Yes. Yeah. Which does not everyone gets that in this day and age. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, her granddaughter, Allison, who's played by Raven Janoski, is Jay your father? Yes. Okay, so I interviewed him on the AM section of the dial. Oh, really? He's a fantastic musician as well as... He is. Yeah, how is he? He's good. Please say hello to him. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dad out there. All right. So I imagine we all love Crybaby. Does, do, do any of you guys have a uh, history with the film as well as uh, theater? I did. Oh, yeah. I did. I did. The, the, one of the uh, difficulties with publicizing this show is that people don't know Crybaby, even the movie. Stop it! I know. It's a, it's a crime. We're upset at you yes. if you're out there. <laughs> You know, it, especially in in a, in a uh, very uh, Johnny Depp heavy sort of kind of year. True. And for the older visit. and for the older people out there in the film, Polly Bergen was in the film. She played the grandmother, the grandmother character, and uh, David, um, uh, Ozzy, and Harry um, Nelson. David Nelson, the son, the oldest son on the old, old, old. Ozzy and Harriet's uh, show. He was in this uh, in movie too, but different from the play, uh, you, from the you musical. Hear a, a sad fact for the older crowd is this was my uh, Crybaby. The film was my introduction to Mr. Sandman, the Cordettes uh, classic. Oh, okay. Mm. But maybe not so sad. It's a great. Is that song in the? No, in the, it's oh, it's all brand bad. new music. Okay, it's totally brand new music. We're the play okay takes with that. Pl- yeah, the t- we can get used to new things. <laughs> yeah. it's fine. Well, it's it's new, but it's old. It's uh, takes place in the mid fifties. The play does, and all the music is very derivative of that kind of rockabilly um, sort of country of the times, uh, Brenda Lee kind of music. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And, I'm down. And then oh, and then you good. listen and then you listen to the lyrics. Oh. <laughs> and the lyrics are funny and ironic and even a little satiric and it's it's like any like all good theater that's what we it's think true. you know so so bob sits down and says you know you've interviewed me before and i was like your name looks so familiar and then we went through you know uh, stuff that he'd done and we landed on Picasso, you have to remind me because the name is very let, let, let's go with you sure and, yeah it was picasso me. at la panagile now. Which is uh, Steve Martin. Raven. Raven. <laughs> she just Ra- Raven she just, speaks the, exactly tongue, like right her there. name would suggest <laughs> she does. Right. Exactly. Hopefully well. Yes. <laughs> you know, sexy and like sassy and Ooh. all the good stuff. All the Appreciate good that. all the good S's. So <laughs> who were you in in say it again? Picasso at the Penagile. <laughs> So I played Suzanne, who was Picasso's love interest. Okay. It all takes place in like a bar. And young Einstein is there. And Picasso and like all these zany characters kind of come in. And my character is one of them who just happens to come into this bar looking for Picasso. Fun fact, written by Steve Martin. And who doesn't love Steve Martin? True. All right. So let's talk a little bit or even... You get us started playing Allison, mm-hmm. doing Crybaby. What has it been like to be directed by uh, Mr. Kaplan here? Oh, just awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Bob. Uh, he directed Picasso, as we said before. So this is the second show that I've done with him. Um, yeah, the show's been really lovely. I've never had this 
um, heavy of a role before, meaning just work-wise. I've never had a lead in a musical, so it's been a lot of work, and it's been so fun. Yeah. What a great, hilarious, fun, upbeat show. Um, It's just been wonderful. Especially after, and I I, I always bring it up because, you know, is the year after a black hole of two years oh, yes mm. so uh, it must be so exciting for you uh, as an actor to be back you know doing theater in front of people oh my gosh yes <laughs> yes especially since um you know coming off of covid for like basically two years not being able to do anything um and especially at yeah. a time in your career where it's like e- you need that. Yeah. You need that that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Eileen, uh, to my left here, she has a whole different r- return to theater. <laughs> tell us, she, tell she, us she, everything, she produced, Eileen. She produced three children and now is coming back to the oh. stage. <laughs> How far did you space them? Um, my oldest is 11. My second one is seven. Actually, she just turned eight. Sorry, Cora. And the baby is two. Oh, so you did nice spacing there. Yeah, yeah. You did some time between the first and the second. Yes, yes. Yeah. We um we were in Brooklyn, and my husband is a attorney in Manhattan, and so we were really busy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we took some time and had a COVID baby, and you know that's where we are. <laughs> hey, you know, I I did that too. COVID baby. Does she cough a lot? She doesn't. <laughs> no. She's healthy. She's yeah. so healthy. Yeah. She was yeah. like, yeah, she was like born with immunity. She was born yeah. with immunity. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. All the immunity, no social skills. No, she's got a lot of social skills too. She's in a house full of women. Come That's on. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny because, you know, uh, people talk about uh, the gener- you know, the new generation being socially awkward, but even with like i feel like social media is sort of you're used to seeing a lot of very loud personality mm. so it's it's like uh i don't think people are as awkward because you know now awkward is the personality and so you don't even have to feel awkward <laughs> <laughs> you just have to be authentic yeah. right i mean that's yeah. kind right. of like that's kind of the game or just a lot of filters yes. right isn't that the two things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, I swing between, you know, filters and then, you know, like moments where it's a little thin and mm-hmm. you say something like, oh, which, I'm wearing the same clothes as you. Which can be dangerous if you're on the radio. I know. With, with I had to build a filter from the ground up doing radio. I bet. It was, it was a good time. Mm. <laughs> so, Thanks, Dad. So we, we, were, we were very fortunate because I didn't know she had taken a 15-year, 13-year. Yeah, 13. Uh, 13 it's, year. Been a, it's been a minute hiatus from the theater but here she mm-hmm. showed but, up at know, auditions and she sang gorgeously and she acts you know really well which is in her reserve and then you know you still you get all the drama at home <laughs> so it's not like you haven't been practicing it's true but you know the energy it takes to um care for children yes. is very different than the energy you need to get on stage however directing is very much like being a mother. Huh. So I don't know. I mean, you're not a mother, Bob. But well, I'll have to father. ask my kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I found that because I had directed a few shows in Brooklyn, that okay. it um, it takes a lot of kind of looking beyond yourself and looking beyond you know what you see right in front of you and what does this person need and what does that person need. And you got to put them together, right? Yes. In a very cohesive way, and you got to solve problems. It's sort of like a psych ward. <laughs> 
There's lots of wrangling involved. <laughs> I'm that is exactly this. right, Raven. Yeah. Yes. Wrangling of adults. You, go there. You, do this. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Put that down. Are you coming? Are you on time? Did you eat today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where are That's you? That's the most important question. <laughs> How has it been for you? And also, as a mother playing a grandmother... What was that like for you? You know, it's really funny. The very first role I ever got in sixth grade, I played Yenta the Matchmaker. We were doing (laughs) Fiddler on the Roof, and for some reason I got Yenta the Matchmaker. So I kind of have, and I've I've done old lady roles kind of throughout my career, (laughs) even in Texas when I did regional theater. So I've kind of come back home to um, a grandmother role, which I love playing with with Raven. Uh, She's an incredible Allison. stop. No, honey, you are. (laughs) She's wonderful. Everybody in the cast is wonderful. Um, Ghana, who plays our crybaby, is just a powerhouse. Oh my gosh, yeah. so talented. So talented. Bob's ability to put together this group of people from our costumes to mm-hmm. our uh, amazing choreographer, Jenna, who like put her life into this for how many weeks? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. yeah, six weeks, easy. Yeah, I, the, the work that people put into this show has been incredible, and mm-hmm. Bob's the wrangler. That's the wrangler. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. So, I mean, I really don't have to say anything. Go see the show. I mean... It, <laughs> I know that's a call to action. Apologies. NFCT.com for tickets and more information. See Raven Janoski. See Eileen Trilly. And, you know, bow your head for Bob because he did a great job putting together a fantastic show right on the North Fork. North Fork Community Theater. NFCT.com. Is, is, is King Crybaby in there or all new songs? All new songs. All right. All well, new I'll, songs from the I'm movie. The movie had a couple of great production oh, numbers yeah. with music. Please, Mr. Jailer. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> I'll play that on the back of this. But first, King Crybaby. And I'm taking a chance with this, but I think it's going to be great. It's a 2016 uh, cover from the Ragtag Birds right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Raven Janoski, Bob Kaplan, and Eileen Trilly. Uh, these are the Ragtag Birds. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
machine cause you're my queen So I'm not going to play the Academy All-Stars version of Please, Mr. Jailer. I pulled up the scene from the 1990 film. So we're going to hear, uh, I guess Rachel Sweet is the name of the actress that plays Allison in the film. Great. I, I might even share this on the face space, this video, even though it'll get, you know, two likes. I'm going to play the version from the film.
You are welcome. That's right. Please, Mr. Jailer, they're about to do the kissing. It's the kissing part. All right, I'm Gianna Volpe. We've got some local music. Jetty Coon, please, my lady, share. we got Tom Waits on deck. We've got Bing Crosby and Fiona Apple, if we have any time. After that, you know what we do. We give you a little bit of everything, music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life, all morning and midnight long, all because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLI, WFM, 15 minutes before the NPR news break at the top of the hour and the end of this edition of The Heart. Deep bow to all my guests this morning, Antoinette Trulio Martin, Raven Janoski, Eileen Trilly, and Bob Catlin, Kaplan. Bob Callen. New name. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are, you know you're awesome, and you know you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I'm 
trail behind You spit as you slammed out the door If this is love, we're crazy We fight like cats and dogs I just know there's got to be Tom Waits on WLIWFM from the 1974 record The Heart of Saturday Night. We've got Bing Crosby and Fiona Apple leading you into the NPR news break.
Thank you to our underwriters from this morning's edition, Green Hill Kitchen and William Riss Gallery on WLIWFM. You love me too And please Let me hold you tight in my arms I could find delight in your charms Every night my whole life through Your eyes reveal that you have the soul of an angel white as snow but how long must I play the role of a gloomy Romeo please say you're not intending to tease speed that happy ending and please Tell me that you love me You have the soul of an angel white as snow But how long must I play the role of a gloomy Romeo? Please say you're not intending to tease that happy ending and please tell me that you love me
is uncertain It's a mess, but it's working And maybe if you want to try